Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Hope everyone had a good Christmas. Uh, it's weird that it's a week ago already. Like that's strange, um, but it is. Uh, some of you in here, maybe you remember. I want you to think back. Uh, for those of us who aren't kids anymore, uh, I want you to think back to when you were a kid and you got that gift, that one thing on Christmas Day that you were like, it was the one thing that you were looking forward to, that you were so excited about and that you went crazy over it. Maybe you have kids in your life now and you got to experience them on Christmas opening some gifts and them going crazy and getting really excited about something that they absolutely wanted. Maybe you experienced something like this. Maybe that is something that you experienced in your household this year. Maybe it's something that you remember experiencing in the past. Uh, and if we're honest, as we grow older, uh, we, do, we still experience some similar things. Uh, it's just a little different now. Maybe it's not a Nintendo 64, essentially, since they don't make those anymore. Um, but <laughs> some of you are in here now, you're at an age where you're like, they made anything other than a Switch? Like, it's, I get it. Um, no, but if we're honest, there are things as we grow older, we experience something similar, just different. Maybe for some of us in here, it is that pair of boots that you could not live without. And you were like, I need those. I can dress them up. I can dress them down. They will go with everything. I need those boots. And six months later, they're collecting dust in the back of your closet. Maybe you get a brand new phone and you're like, I want this case. I saw it online and I have to buy this case. And now you're on case number eight after you got that phone because you had to have it. I, I, we were joking about this earlier. Pastor Jonathan said when we were talking about this message, he was like, I feel a little bit attacked about this one. <laughs> there's, there's, n there's no way that this would be about him. Uh, that's I'm just, he knows I love him. We just joke around about that. Maybe you have a spot in a bedroom where you're like, I need this chair to go in this place and I'll drink my coffee here in the morning. This will be the place that I'll relax and I'll read a book. This will be the spot where I like everything. This how is how my day starts. And now months later, that chair has never seen you drink coffee, but it is holding yesterday's outfit. And it is the spot where all of the clothes land when they come out of the dryer before you do something with it. So we experience this in a different ways. We have to have something. But I wonder even about that kid, like how long did he stay that excited? If you have kids 
or you've experienced this, you know that even for them, they will get, they'll be enamored with it for a week. They may be still sleeping with the toy right now. Uh, month two, they'll play with it, but not constantly. Month three, you'll rarely see them with it. Month six, you're like, where did it go? Like, didn't we give you this? Like, we all understand that. We've experienced that as adults the same way, but it goes much deeper than that. Maybe it's the answered prayer that you prayed for over and over and over and over again in 2022. But here we are on the first day of 2023. And you're only thinking about something else that you want. Something else that you need, but you don't think about the one thing that you prayed about constantly that for some reason that answered prayer is not good enough in this season that you're in. Maybe last year's new opportunity that you experienced now has lost its luster because of just life happening. Maybe it's a changed attitude or perspective that has reverted to the way that you felt in the past over the course of the past year. Maybe it was a new or renewed relationship with God that has now started to fade in the background of life. We just want to experience new, and we aren't the first people to experience this type of fate in our lives. This is something that has happened for a very long time, and down deep, if we're honest, we want that childlike wonder when it comes to new. We want that level of excitement when we experience something new in our life, not just things that we can have or that we can receive or that we can go purchase, but it's the gifts that God gives us, it's the answered prayers, it's the, the new opportunities, it's all of those kind of things. We want, we love the idea of new. So today, I want us to talk about this topic, when the old stuff was new. What was it that God has done in the past year that now on the first day of a new year, we've forgotten about? Something that he did 10, 15 years ago that was so great in the moment that we've forgotten about and we just long for the place where the old stuff was new again. Maybe it's for some of us who are walking in here today for the first time and we're just sitting there going, it's a new year, I needed to do something different so I showed up at church. You're looking for something new because the old wasn't good enough. You're looking for something else. Today I want us to look in 2 Chronicles chapter 30. I know, super well-known passage, right? Um, 2 Chronicles chapter 30, I want to show you what happened with some people when they went back to old experiences and it became new again for them. Let's read in verse 21. The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days with great rejoicing. While the Levites and the priests praised the Lord every day with resounding instruments dedicated to the Lord. Hezekiah, the king, spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good understanding of the service of the Lord. For the seven days they ate their assigned portion and offered fellowship offerings and praised the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Now what you need to understand that what is happening here is that all of these people are celebrating together uh, the, the Passover. It's the remembrance of God's deliverance from Egypt. It's something that they were commanded to do when God gave the law originally. It was something that they were commanded to do. They were celebrating this festival, or this feast of unleavened bread, They're talking about their, how it lasted a week and it reminded them of their haste to leave Egypt. This is something that they were commanded to do and a long time ago, they had done it. But at this point in time, there were a lot of them who had not 
been celebrating it. And then you have this king, Hezekiah, who is the king of Judah. There is, at this point in time, there are, the, the nation of Israel is divided into two kingdoms. There are northern tribes that was the, the kingdom of Israel, and then there was the, the tribe of Judah. There was this kingdom of Judah uh, separately, and Hezekiah is the king of Judah. And what you need to know is that he is a good king. There were good kings during this time. There were evil kings. The good kings tried to follow God. They tried to follow what he had commanded. They were trying to live a life that honored him. And then you had evil kings who were just doing what they wanted to do. They were leading the people the wrong direction. They were forgetting what God had commanded. They'd forgotten the laws that he had given out. And so he has gone about in the previous chapter, in chapter 29, cleansing the temple, getting rid of all of the pagan altars, and cleansing it so that it's just the temple of God. Now they're observing the Passover. They're, they're observing this festival, and they're doing it all together. The nor- people from the northern kingdom, people from Judah, they're all in Jerusalem, and they're celebrating together. Hezekiah, as a matter of fact, sends out these runners who go out to tell everyone at every corner of the, both kingdoms that they're going to celebrate this together, and it was going to be something that they had not done in a very long time. So the people get together, and as they do, when they come together, there are a couple things that I want us to take notice of that begin to happen. First of all, when they come together, they worship. The northern tribe experienced a special gladness to this. Is something that I was reading when I was studying for this. It was because of the wicked leadership that they experienced with their kings, a lot of them. They had never before seen such obedient and joyful worship where everyone was praising the Lord day by day and singing to him. You may have walked in here today thinking, I'm just not feeling it. This week has been really hard. This past, the previous year has been really hard. This season of life has been really hard and life is just hard in general and I don't really feel like worshiping God and I'm just looking for something. I need this feeling of new. What these people experienced when they got together and they worshiped together and this is something that I think that we need to understand is that worship isn't a have to. Worship is a get to. Some of us, we came today. Thank you for being here. I'm not discrediting any of that. I want to make sure that everybody understands this. We walked in saying, I've got to go to church. It's the first day of the year. I've got to check it off the list. This is just what I need to do. I've got to go do this today. But maybe you're, you're not feeling it. You walked in here and then you started to see people as they were lifting their hands in worship to God as they were singing, not paying any attention to what everybody was thinking around them as they were singing and they were doing that. And you saw Jana and Dylan up here leading and their hearts as they were leading people, it started to stir something inside of you. It's because worship isn't a have to, it's a get to. When I think about this and I read this, what goes through my mind is me working in our yard. Because if anyone does yard work regularly uh, for your own home, uh, you will sit there and go, there are times where you're like, okay, 
I get to do this. Like, this is my house, my yard. This is cool. I get to go outside and work in the yard. I get to mow the grass. I get to run the weed eater. I have to trim the shrubs. That's where it is a have to for me is the shrubs because the people that we bought the house from, they planted these demon shrubs outside of our house. That it's the only way, that's the nicest way I could say it. That there's something about these shrubs that if you trim them a day later, they're this much taller. I don't know what happens. I've done everything in my power to try to kill them, and they're just, they're hanging in there. See, somebody down here gets it. There's something about it. There are times where it seems like work. It seems like I have to do it. For some of us, we walk in here today, and it seems like it's work. I just have to show up and do it. I just have to, to do this instead of that get-to feeling. Where it starts to feel like a, a get-to for me is whenever I'm mowing my grass, I'm riding that John Deere lawnmower. I sit way up on that thing. I feel like a gargoyle perched on the side of a building. Like it's, that's what I feel like. Uh, there are people in here that have seen me riding this lawnmower and like I'm 6'3 and sitting on the top of this thing and it looks like I'm up here and it's not a big lawnmower. But I love doing that. And here's why. Because in those moments, it's something that I get to do. When I've got my earbuds in and I'm listening to music or I'm listening to a podcast, maybe I'm riding around and it's just, a lot of times it's just me and God. And it's something that I get to do and I forget about the have to. It actually becomes a time where I sit back at the end of the day and see the yard and the way it looks and how I've taken care of it and all of these kind of things. And you sit back and you're like, this has been inv uh, invigorating and refreshing and it's life-giving. Except for the shrubs. That's a have to. But there's a big difference between a have to attitude and I get to. That's what these people were starting to experience. It wasn't just about something that was written in law a long time ago, ago that was told to their ancestors, something that they had been told or maybe heard about at some point in time. But there was a difference between having to do it because a law said to do it and getting to do it and then getting to do it together. There's something special about being together with people in worship. And here's why. It's because... People who have experienced the love of God in a, in, a, in a very special and personal way. You can see that in worship. You can see how they react. You can see how they participate. And so if you walked in here today and you weren't feeling it when you walked in, and you were like, I just need something, God. Maybe you started to feel something kind of stirring inside. The Holy Spirit was starting to work in your life in the moment when you started to see other people worship. You started to see you know some of the stories of people when they're in here as they're worshiping and it stirs something inside of you. It's what happened for these people. The people who had experienced the real worship and have done this in the past was now starting to make an impact on these, these folks who had not been experiencing this. And the celebration just wasn't buzzing about worship, it was also teaching and they were understanding the law and it was helpful and good at all times, especially to these northern tribes. They were being taught. They were helping to understand how to observe the law. But here's the thing about hearing something and even learning something. Hearing, knowing, and understanding truth is great. 
but it can be dangerous without application. I'll give you an example. Um, the last church we served at. This has probably been 14, 15 years ago. Uh, pastor came to me and he was like, hey, I'm going to be out of town. We're going to be in this service in, in the book of Philippians. Uh, and it's, uh, can, you, can you do a message on chapter 4, specifically verse 13? Maybe you've heard this before, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And it was talking about the unstoppable power of God in our lives. And I was like, sure, I can do that. Well, as a student pastor, and at that time, 14 or 15 years younger, I don't know why I breathed deep, really. It was all right. Like 29, 30 years ago, uh, not 30 years ago. What? <laughs> Easy. Uh, no, it's that, no, it's 15, you know, I'm, I'm like 30, 29, 30 at this time. I wanted to come up with a way to help people understand this concept of the unstoppable power of God. And as a student pastor, I love me a good object lesson. Not just with teenagers, kids, whatever it may be. I, I love a good object lesson. So I started to come up with a way of how does it, how do we have this way of trying to control God's power in our life when we need a little more of it? We just want to crank it up a little bit. So I had this ingenious idea about a shock collar. And some of you are sitting here going, How dare you put that on a dog? Well, I did. That was really southern when I said that just then. I put it on me. And I had this idea I would have the button. And so I was like, what I'll do is I'll shot myself. I had four levels, four levels. The first one, I can remember distinctly. I don't know why my memory should be erased of all of this. You put it on like the two little nodes touching your neck. You hit the first level. It felt like someone with long fingernails, like scratching your neck. It wasn't bad. I was like, eh, that's okay. So I bumped it up to level two. It was a little stronger. Um, you could feel it, and you're like, it was one of those things where you felt it, but it wasn't so bad. It was like, woo, like that was the kind of the feeling when it happened. You moved up to level three. It really wasn't much stronger than that. So I was like, well, it doesn't go much more than that. The thing is, is that level four would literally take the breath out of your lungs. <laughs> and when I say that, that is in no way an exaggeration. Also, it would take you to your knees. Yes. And you're like, did this really happen? Yes. First in my office, because I had to see if it was real. <laughs> and then two more times in the same day in back-to-back -back services. Now, I decided that since I was doing this to myself, everybody who's heard this story is like, why didn't you just fake it? because I'm not going to lie in church, on stage, preaching the word of God. Like, I'm not going to do that. It's got to be real. Also, also, this is what you do when you love God and love people. You want them to understand it. Also, this is what happens when you have a lot of ego. So that's, God's worked on that over time. So I decided that you have to go, I had to figure out what happens if a human wears this and you actually shock yourself with this. Like, I need to know. So look on YouTube and see if someone's done it. And I found videos. Um, and I see people responding the same way that I ended up with it, would respond. 
like you feel it, you felt it, and you're like, oh, there it is. You put it on level three, and basically like the whole side of your body would twitch, like that was it. But level four, like at the very least, you would go down, hands on your knees. It was, it was rough. I'd seen this. I always kept looking up, like what, what happens as a result? And a lot of people were like, you can have really bad migraines. I had really bad migraines at the time. And again, I'm like, that's okay. I'm on, it'll be okay. It's, it's two services. It'll be all right. I shot myself four times in two different services with a span of about two hours apart. I would argue that the people who were there that day probably remember that message pretty well. Some of it's a little sketchy for me at this point. The thing is, is I, I still did it. I went home that afternoon and had one of the worst migraine headaches I've ever had in my life. I knew the potential of what would happen if I shot myself. But I ignored what I'd learned. I started to do what I wanted to do. Here's the thing. What, you're, what we're being taught today, what we're experiencing today as we are worship and worship together, they're just words until we put them into practice. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it. Many of these people were hearing and experiencing all of this for the first time. And those who knew the meaning and the purpose can demonstrate the proper application. And there are some of us in, in here today who need to understand that we actually can demonstrate this for other people in this room. The way that we, that we worship God and we kind of pour our hearts out to him in, the, in here together. We need to understand that the way that I respond to God's word in my life will have a profound impact on others, on other lives. So even if you walked in here today and you weren't feeling it, and then you came in here and you're like, you know what, God, you are good. You have done these things in my life. You are there. You are constantly there. I know how much you love me, and you're just going to worship. I'm telling you, there are people in here today who are watching that and seeing it and wanting to experience the same thing that you experienced. That's what happened with those folk, people. When they got together and they bought into what Hezekiah was talking about, they worshiped. Let's look in verse 23. The whole assembly then agreed to celebrate the festival seven more days. So for another seven days, they celebrated joyfully. Hezekiah, king of Judah, provided a thousand bulls and 7,000 sheep and goats for the assembly. Y'all are like, dude, that is a lot of barbecue. This was something different, all right? It was just for, this was for... Um, sacrifices that were being made. And the officials provided them with a thousand bulls and 10,000 sheep and goats. A great number of priests consecrated themselves. The entire assembly of Judah rejoiced along with the priests and Levites and all who had assembled from Israel, including the foreigners who had come from Israel and also those who resided in Judah. They came together and they experienced real worship together but they also experienced fellowship together. They shared the same food, the same relationship with God. They shared the same need for him, the same need for uh, his forgiveness, their atonement for sin, the same need for his mercy and grace, the same way as we get together this morning. We have this need, the same needs for God's mercy and grace and his forgiveness and atonement of our sin. These are the kind of things 
There are other translations of these verses that said that they confessed their sins together. They weren't just confessing sin, but they were also confessing God's goodness in their lives. They were confessing and praising God together. We experience God in new things when we consistently connect with old friends in his name, which is part of what today is. People who are here like us to worship God, who are maybe even walking in here, not here to worship God, but just looking for something new, something different. There's something about sharing life and hopes and dreams, wins and losses, and ups and downs within the context of community. And that's what fellowship is. When the people embrace the old, they found new life within the old things. And Hezekiah, he actually fully supported this and decided to go all in. He gave 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep on top of what was already given. And this is at the beginning of his reign, okay? There's no real royal money or funds. He has spent a lot of money in chapter 29 cleansing the temple and making it uh, what it should be for God. He'd spent a lot of preparation on the preparation for this great feast and this time together. But here's the thing. No matter what it cost, no matter matter what it meant that he needed to do, he was going to go all in so that he could experience it and the rest of the people could experience it with him. It's kind of like if you play poker, you you know the strength of your hand sometimes, and you know, okay, I'm going to go all in on this. This is what I'm going to do. With our relationships with God, how willing are we to go all in with our relationship with God when we're together like this? You experienced God's work in your life previously. You just need him to show up right now, and I get that. But when we take the step to go all in, we will always have something to celebrate after the fact. And that's what these people were about to experience. Verse 26, there was great joy in Jerusalem For since the days of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. The priests and the Levites stood to bless the people. God heard them for their prayer reached heaven, his holy dwelling place. As a result of the people's response to worship and fellowship, they experienced something new to them. And it hadn't been since the time of Solomon, the one who built the temple originally, There had not been a Passover celebration so widely and enthusiastically celebrated by all the people. And there was real power in this corporate enthusiasm when they were all on the same page. If you've ever gone to a football game, you've probably experienced this in some way. That when everyone in the stands are cheering, when you have the cheerleaders going crazy and leading people down the sideline. You've got players on the the field uh, getting fired up and they're trying to get everybody else excited. The atmosphere is incredible. Then the defense makes a big stop or the offense powers their way to a critical first down. And the thing is, is, and everybody gets excited and everybody's on the same page and they're experiencing something new, a new excitement for something that's always happened over and over again. It's no different for us. 
when we gather in anticipation and excitement for what has happened, we will begin to see what can happen. Like Dylan said earlier, and then when we sang in that last song, talking about standing before Jesus, what we experience together in this place is only a glimpse for those, if you have a relationship with Jesus, of what you're going to get to experience for eternity. This is just a glimpse, and if you think this is good, just wait. And if you're in here and you're going, can it actually get better than this? Oh, yeah. Literally forever. That's what we can experience when we celebrate to see lives change, more lives change later. When we celebrate relationships who are restored, more relationships are restored. When we celebrate, when we celebrate hope that's been renewed in someone's life, more hope is renewed in others. When we celebrate that addictions have been broken when Jesus is lifted up, then we will see more addictions broken in other lives. These are things that will continue to happen when we do it together. It's not just about worship, but it's also about fellowship and doing it together. So what have you experienced in the past that you'd love to experience today? What have you not experienced in the past that you'd love to experience today? Don't let the past year and what's happened scare you away. Don't let this season that you're in right now scare you away. Don't let the, the past week or what could come this week scare you away. Let today's experience be a reminder of what it was like before. If you have a relationship with Jesus, let what we do today in this place be an example of what it was like when the old was new in our lives. And that we can experience it again. And it can be even better than what we've experienced in the past. If you don't know Jesus Christ personally, and you're here today just going, I'm just trying to start my year off a different way because I've done other things and it hasn't worked. So I am looking for something new. And you've started to experience something in here today and you feel it in your chest, you feel it in the pit of your stomach and you don't know what it is. That's God working in your life, telling you, you can have new life through my son, Jesus, and you can experience the same thing every single day. You can experience this every time that you're together. Let today's experience in this room to be a glimpse of what is to come. Let today's experience push you to experience it again and again and again. Basically put, celebrate what you want to see more of. You want to see more lives change? Celebrate it. You want to see relationships being restored? Celebrate what you see. You want to see more hope be renewed in people's lives? Celebrate what you've already seen. You want to celebrate how people are, 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 are delivered from addiction? Celebrate what you've already seen. Worship God through the midst of it, the same way that these people did, and that this experience that they had together was something that, that had not been seen in years and years and years. I personally believe that 2023 can be a year 
we've experienced, that we experience God in a way that none of us have ever experienced. Whether it's for the first time or something that happened two decades ago, we can experience it together. Celebrate what you want to see more of. The sense of awe and wonder, the proximity to a God who loves you more than you can fathom, the community with people who are seeking God in the same way that you're seeking Him, and the application of truth in your life that God is revealing through His Word. Because every chance that we get to worship and learn and fellowship together is a chance to experience something new from God. We don't have to live where we long for the old stuff to be new. We should live our lives in a way where life is always fresh and new and it happens through Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. So let's start this year celebrating what we want to see more of in our lives. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes, bow their heads. It's the first day of a new year. Maybe you're here today looking for new hope. Maybe you're looking for meaning in your life. Maybe you're looking for value that you don't feel like you have. Maybe you're just looking for life and you don't know what that looks like. But as we've been in here today, you see a bunch of people who have it all together but worshiping a God who's done something amazing in their lives they're celebrating and wanting to see more of it in their life and you want that and if you're here today and you don't have that relationship with Jesus but you want to experience new life just right now where you're sitting Say something to God like this. God, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for hope. I'm looking for life. I'm looking for something that I can celebrate. And today, I've realized that what I'm looking for is you. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking for your grace and your mercy in my life. I admit that I'm a sinner and I can't run things my way because when I do, I just mess it up. So today I'm confessing that I need you. I need a savior. I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son and that he gave his life for me and he rose again three days later that my sin not only could be forgiven, the debt could be paid and that I don't have to pay it. asking you to save me, change me, and make me something new. Today, January 1st, 2023, it's not just a day where old stuff's going to become new, but I'm becoming new. If you're here today and you have that relationship with Jesus, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe you find yourself in a place where life feels still and it feels mundane. 
but you remember a time where this relationship with Jesus was fresh and it was vibrant and you came in today looking for the, when the old stuff was new. Use today to be the launching place to celebrate new every single day, to do it together with other people in this room. God, I pray for folks in this room who are walking in here weighed down by the weight of, of life. People who just want to experience you fresh again. May today's experience together be something that pushes them to experience new life daily with you. Remind them what you've done in the past so that they can see a glimpse of what you're going to do in the future. God, I pray that as we begin a new year, that we'll take the next few moments and celebrate what we want to see more of in our lives. Thank you for the chance to be able to worship you now, to do it together in this place. something amazing in each one of us over the next few moments. In Jesus' name we pray.